We are outdoor ladies who hunt, shoot, and fish, all while working in conservation and chasing kids. I'm Julia Plugi with the Nebraska Game and Parks Commission. And I'm Michaela Ray with the National Wild Turkey Federation. Follow us on our outdoor adventures. Welcome back to She Goes Outdoors. We are rolling into the first anniversary of the podcast. It's been a full year, Julia. Time has gone by fast. Yeah. Time that we move into season two of the podcast. What do you dun, think? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so what, what do we want to start off with this season two? Well, season two, like you said, is going to bring more co-hosts on, but it's going to bring a lot more guests on. And so just because of the time of year it is, it certainly feels like fallout. Uh, we're going to start talking today about dove hunting because September 1st, uh, is when a lot of different hunting seasons open, but dove seems to be a really anticipated season. I'm excited to get out in the field myself. I, I just can't wait and great topic to talk about. So who's going to be joining us? Well, I'm ready to learn a lot from our guests today because I've never been dove hunting. It's something that I would like to try. Today we've got two individuals, but we've got Jeff Ronson with the Nebraska Game and Parks Commission and Aaron or Hershey. Hirschberger, also with the Nebraska Game and Parks Commission. Yeah, insert applause. <laughs> they deserve, they deserve a round of applause. They, they are the stars of our segment up here in Nebraska, the stars of outdoor our outdoor radio. There, I've already forgot the name of the outdoor radio station. <laughs> Dedicated <laughs> listeners. Yeah, taking that personal. I think it's only fair that Jeff and Aaron, after a whole year, finally get to join our podcast. Once in a while, they do let Julia and I join their radio show. So uh, I suppose as we start a new season, we bring on new guests. It's it's time, Julia. The reason um, we, we wanted to bring them on is because there was a conversation in our office the other day that we were talking about dove hunting and everyone has a little bit different perspective on dove hunting, whether it's they go out with that serious, the decoy look, full garb of camouflage. And then there's the other dove hunters that literally they pull out the bucket out of the back end of the truck. They're wearing a bright pink shirt and pair of blue jean shorts. Well, I guess maybe that was me last year. There was some chitter chatter. There was some discussion back and forth between the two, between Aaron and Jeff as what does a dove hunter look like? And so that is what sparked the idea to bring them on. And let's have that discussion with them. <laughs> let's do. Um, so Jeff and Aaron, tell us a little about yourselves before we get started here. What do you both do for the Nebraska Game and Parks? Well, I'll, I'll start first. This is Aaron. Um, I'm an outdoor education specialist with the agency. Uh, I get to focus in on things that go bang or twang, either shooting sports, uh, minor hunts, that type of thing. Hunting and shooting outreach is kind of my, my bailiwick. And I think this is a great topic because the beauty of dove hunting before Jeff introduces himself and starts talking, um, is that uh, 
you can do it a lot of different ways and be not only successful, but the most important thing is, is have some fun early on in the season. And I'm Jeff Johnson. I'm the assistant administrator for the communications division. And, uh, and I'm just tickled that we made it in, on the second year of the show, the second season of the show. I didn't think we'd be on that that soon. But uh, I have to tell you, when you were talk, describing Dove Hunter with the pink shirt and all that, I thought you were talking about Hershey for sure until you talked about the bucket. <laughs> I've never seen him sit on a bucket, so then I knew it wasn't him. <laughs> Hershey, what do you sit on when you're out a Dove hunting? Or do you sit? Do you stand? You know, I like one of those fold-up camp chairs. Uh, I've got to have a place to put my cold Coca-Cola can right there in the, the armrest. They fold up nicely, uh, a little sling over the, the shoulder, and, and off you go. I mean, that bucket is so old school, Jeff, that uh, uh, it's kind of who's got buckets just laying around anymore like they used to. I mean, things come in, in boxes and, and bags now, not, not so much buckets. Well, being a farm girl, I had a bucket. I saw Julia a lot of buckets. Has a lot of buckets. <laughs> so don't I stand corrected. It <laughs> really is a gateway seat. You start with a bucket, but you end up with a camp chair. Uh, I like to sit on a, a fold-out type camp chair, soft camp chair, camouflage, of course. Uh, and I'm with Hershey. I like to have a, uh, you know, a Pepsi or a Dr. Pepper sitting in that armrest there, and you know, a box of shells by my feet, and and um, you know, my my friends or family right next to me, and we just sit and talk and have a great time. It's funny that he brought up Dr. Pepper because Jeff Rawlinson is the reason that my ten-year-old is obsessed probably addicted to Dr. Pepper now. And not just a regular Dr. Pepper, it is the newest cream soda Dr. Pepper. And maybe we should look into and ask Dr. Pepper, they probably should have sponsored this episode, but I mean, he is the reason that my child is obsessed with Dr. Pepper. So I guess, I don't, thanks, but maybe no thanks Jeff. <laughs> on a goose hunt years ago and it just never seems to have subsided. That's okay, when he shot the frozen Dr. Pepper, that's maybe the excitement of it. <laughs> so Julia, um, I have a list of burning questions. I'm sure you do too, but the conversation of beverages and chairs leads me to my first question of, Outside of drinks and something to sit on, what else do you need in terms of gear to go dove hunting? It doesn't take much. It really doesn't. I'll let Hershey respond here shortly, but, you know, I'm a minimalist. You know, I throw, I throw a, a um, decoy or two uh, with me and head out to the field, something to sit on, and, uh, and that's about it. And decoys for me are, uh, I like to use mojos. I like those those decoys where the wings are spinning and giving them really a good flash. Uh, there's way too many hunts where that's just pulled doves in from clear across fields right to my position. I have found that uh, the last several years, I've got a little vest that fits most of my good things. I've got a little uh, hunting, uh, like a bird vest. I bought it on sale on clearance. Not sure what I was going to do with it, but it's been my go-to because it holds my my cans of soda, it holds a couple boxes of shells, which is important to take plenty of uh, ammunition when you go on these, these dove hunts. And then, like you said, we've got the chair. I have uh, one uh, spinning wing decoy, and that's about it. I make sure I've got a, a hat, camouflage hat on or visor, kind of block the sun, because most good dove hunts have sunshine and some pretty warm temperatures. And so you're going to want to give yourself a little protection there. But uh, snacks and ammunition, those are probably the two most important things 
uh, once you have your permits and all that stuff to go dove hunting. You know, it's all about uh, getting out there with friends, having fun, and, and being able to relax. It's funny that you mentioned the decoys because I believe that was a conversation that we were having one day here in the office is the need for decoys. You know, my first hunt, I didn't have a decoy. Um, and so that's why I kept yelling across the hallway, like, you don't need a decoy. Why do you need those mojo decoys? What is a mojo anyways? Like I hear the word mojo and I go back to the, um, that, that like 1990s movie that Austin, Austin Powers. Powers. Yes. So when Austin I hear mojo, Powers, I hear Austin Powers. I don't think of dove hunting. You <laughs> <laughs> will. You will. So, Julia, I don't know how good of a shot you are, but Aaron mentioned a couple boxes of ammo. Um, how was the shooting on your first dove hunt? I mean, one shot and it was over? Uh, well, I shot, but the, it, let's just say a couple boxes of shells might even be an underestimated amount. Uh, you definitely go out there to have fun and don't, it's not like deer hunting where you, you think you could just have one shell and you're done. When you're dove hunting, you expect to go out there and burn a lot of ammo. <laughs> well, I was listening yesterday, actually. Um, as you guys know, my job is to work on R3, recruitment, retention, and reactivation. And then the Kansas R3 coordinator was posting a video on learn to dove, learning to dove hunt the other day. And so I watched and she said that uh, it's like, one bird for every seven shot. Does that sound about right, Jeff and Aaron? Definitely, yeah. Six to seven shots per bird harvested. Uh, and there's some things that you can do to, to kind of up those odds. But to be honest with you, uh, sometimes it is uh, all based on how much powder you burn. If you're in the right spot, it's amazing how fast those, those shells disappear. Two, three shots at a time. Uh, as those uh, little speed demons flash by. Speed demons, I think of like a roadrunner. I think they might put roadrunners to shame. I don't know what their game is against a, a wily coyote, but uh, uh, they are quick. I mean, you're talking 50, 50 miles an hour uh, in flight when, uh, and if you put a little wind behind them, even a little quicker, and they're, they're not the biggest target in the world, so you've got to time everything right. But uh, we can probably give a few hints. I know Jeff's got some tricks up his sleeve for getting them to slow down just a little bit and kind of helping the odds. But but let's face it, I mean, you've got a shotgun, you've got shells, what's more fun than, than hearing it go off and, and uh, making some memories by burning some powder? So what does that ideal spot look like? Yeah, that's a good question because for dove hunting, it location, location, location. And uh, even the best location, you you know, you can have its troubles, but you know, a location that doesn't have doves, the best decoying in the world isn't gonna do any good. And so you want to be in a place where doves want to be to begin with. And, uh, of course, doves are creatures of, of habit. They like to visit some of the same fields to feed and some of the same areas to drink. And so use those things to your advantage. Dove like to eat certain things. And, of course, you know, sunflower seeds, millet, uh, harvested wheat fields, uh, corn fields that have just recently been harvested for silage uh, can all be huge attractants to doves. And that can change on a dime this time of year when harvest starts to pick up for silage or other things. And you just need to uh, be aware that doves can hit those places pretty fast. Talking about food, uh, on the, the one done hunt I was able to get out and actually have some success, I looked at what those birds were eating on and Jeff nailed it. They were either just absolutely packed with corn or they were absolutely packed with uh, hemp seeds. And it's funny because, you know, most people focus on the sunflower and the millet and that kind of thing. 
but don't overlook corn. Corn can just be a huge attractant. And, and likewise, I've harvested birds and opened them up and just packed full of corn, so packed that they had a hard time flying, it seemed. So uh, the corn can be a huge attractant as well. So I want to know, Jeff, is when they're packed full of corn, does that mean they don't reach that 50 miles an hour uh, <laughs> a flight pattern? Is it like the rest of us, just like, oh, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna barely flap back to the roost now? It, it is. They're not flying that fast, but when they come into land, they're not putting on the brakes fast either. They just flop right <laughs> sometimes. My toddler, uh, his new thing is uh, patting your tummy to let you know when your tummy's full. So uh, when those birds are flying slow, maybe we can see that their tummies are full. <laughs> you know, that'd be nice if they distract and, and do some of that as well. That's a, that's well, a handy thing to learn. I kind of liked your Roadrunner comment because if they just give us a beep beep or something like that once in a while, you'd, be able to, you'd have a chance of seeing them before they fly by at 50 miles an hour. <laughs> So speaking of silage, family chopped silage this weekend. We have an empty field that has some dropped corn on the ground. And I find myself the last couple of days now after September 1st, driving by that cornfield. And guess what I saw in the area last night? Ooh. Oh boy, oh boy. Is that an invitation, Julia? Or yeah. was that yep. just- We have to convince them to move a little east because they were on the other side of the, the fence. And so I, I think from given time, well, they'll, they'll make their way and we might have to have a team meeting out there on. Well, this might be where Jeff can kind of give you some hints on how to use decoys or those spinning wing decoys to, to come over to your side. Cause I think doves are, are pretty susceptible at times to decoys. They, they can be social, even though they fly around and maybe singles or pairs, they kind of like the social aspect of finding safe places to eat and drink. Oh, do tell, Jeff. Well, it's so true, and that's what the beauty of decoys, because uh, doves have to just be flying in the area for those decoys to work, and a lot of times that can bring them over to your side of the fence or to bring them over to, to your, your pasture or your, your cut field or what have you. Uh, one thing to keep in mind is most birds are going to do the same thing when they come into land. And of course, that spinning wing decoy is designed to, to mimic a dove coming into land. Uh, and if it's in an area where it looks like it might want to eat, like some, you know, uh, uh, cut fields or, you know, those millet, sunflower uh, type fields or what have you, or ponds with muddy edges to them, mud flats, then uh, all the more real. Birds like to land into the wind. It just makes it a lot easier for them to put the brakes on and, and fold their, cup their wings and, and come on in. So I like to always make sure that, that that mojo is facing the wind. Whatever breeze you have, no matter how small, face it into the wind and those birds will come in just the same way. They'll come right in and, and, and hook right around and face the wind to land. And then of course you can use your setup to make sure that as they do that, as they start to cup their wings, they slow down tremendously, and that makes for a much easier shot. They have to be shot in flight. I mean, that, that's that's a law. But uh, man, when they're cupping their wings and coming coming into that decoy, it makes it a lot simpler. New hunters in general, what is a decoy? I mean, we know what a decoy is, and we went back to a mojo is not exactly what. Um, come from Austin Powers. What is a decoy? 
Well, you know, a, a decoy is anything that makes that dove think that it's coming in to be with other doves or something that it would want to, uh, to, to, to hang out with, be with, or whatnot. They're very gregarious in nature. They like to hang out together. Uh, they're they're kind of jealous critters. Man, if they see doves fluttering into the ground over here, they know that the, the feed must be good over there. So that brings doves all the way across the field sometimes to land in that spot. And so uh, decoys are just designed to do that. They're decoying birds, bringing those birds to you, uh, mimicking other birds. And they can be clip-on little cheap clip-on decoys on uh, branches or or weeds that just show that doves are hanging out in that area. Uh, or it can be the mojo type decoy that actually has battery operated wings that spin and cause that flash to mimic doves landing. And it decoys those birds in, brings them right into that spot. It is a model bird. It's a model bird. A cool. fake one. A fake bird that looks like that and the birds don't know a difference. Nope, they're, they're uh, one of those things that doves are looking for other doves. And so if it's the shape or color of the dove, they're going to assume it's a, a dove and they don't give it much other thought. And you can see that with ducks and geese and, you know, we've got deer and turkey decoys as well. So how many doves in Nebraska can you legally harvest? And this is where it gets expensive. Uh, mm -hmm. The daily bag limit is 15 birds a day, 15 doves a day. And from September 1st to the 30th of, uh, of October, which is our morning dove season, uh, most people are going to be chasing just that, the morning dove. That's one of our, our most common native doves here in the, the state of Nebraska. If you go west uh, to the edge of the state, you can find uh, maybe some uh, white winged doves. They're a little bit more rare. But we've also got a newcomer on the uh, the scene here in Nebraska. They've been around for a few years, mostly around uh, co-ops, elevators in town. Uh, but they've been expanding, and that's the Eurasian collared dove. Uh, and during the morning dove season, or the dove season as we know it here lovingly in Nebraska, you know, all those doves count as a dove. So you get 15 a day. There's a special collared dove season after that. You can find it in our in our guides or online in our website, OutdoorNebraska.org. But 15 doves a day right now. And if you go three days, you get 45 birds, you're, you've met your possession limit, which is a lot of shooting. And back to what Julia and, and Michaela, you were saying, you know, six, seven shells fired per dove harvested. If you just take that, that six times 15 doves, that's a lot of ammunition. Cool thing is a lot of conservation spending for wildlife management that goes back into the resource such as dove, our management of our wildlife areas, biologists and all that good stuff. So it's a, you're out there not only having fun and, and maybe getting a good meal out of the deal, uh, burning some powder with some, some friends and family, you're also giving back to, uh, to conservation. Speaking of on top of that, of the expense of it, let's say you go home with 45, you have 45 birds 45 dove little breasts now that you can go home with cleaned out. That's 45 pieces of bacon, 45 pieces <laughs> or 45 jalapeno poppers. <laughs> yep. So that's what I was going to ask. So uh, doves, you know, 15 a day is 15 birds enough to feed Julia's family of six. No. It's going, to be, it's going to be close. It's going to be tight. Nope, it's no, not. That's, that's why mom gets 15, <laughs> I gets 15, Kyler gets 15. Yep. You know, and one thing you think about is we, we hear it quite a bit. Aren't doves a little too small to uh, harvest for food? And to be honest with you, they're not a huge bird. Uh, and, and mainly you've got the breast meat. 
which is what people go after. You can pluck them if you want to or skin them. It's, that's a little harder to do because they're pretty thin skinned. Um, however, you're, you're not losing a whole bunch, uh, maybe a half a bite here or there. But if you take those two breasts, I mean, they're going to weigh about a, a quarter of a pound. They're going to weigh at, in at about four ounces. And if you think of any famous uh, restaurant change, fast food change that have uh, quarter pounders that they sell millions of every day, you know that, oh my goodness, uh, there's plenty of meat on a, on a dove. And if you get that limit of 15, it's going to add up pretty fast. Now, once you taste a dove that's come fresh off the hot grill, they're not going to last long. Uh, but there's a good amount of meat there. And the nice thing is when you eat them all, you, you get to go back out and, and do it all over again and, and uh, miss them that more often. So uh, uh, I believe that the grill was invented for the dove, to be quite honest with you. Uh, I don't think we dove hunted much before the barbecue grill was invented, but now it's probably the main reason a lot of people go out there and the excuse they give for, for uh, chasing doves and Jeff has lots of recipes. I mean, this guy, I think he's more chef than hunter at times when it comes to doves. Well, and that was going to be my next question. The kitchen is, I mean, outside, the kitchen is probably my favorite place to spend time. One of my favorite hobbies is to cook and bake. And so I'm wondering what the best way to prepare a dove is. I mean, Aaron's talked up the grill, but are there any other options? I think there's probably one way that I think, in my opinion, ranks king above all. And Julia's already mentioned it, so I want to hear more about your jalapeno dove poppers, Julia. Oh, yeah. Anything with bacon, jalapenos, and cream cheese. <laughs> yeah, you know, we, we actually had them. Um, um, we use pheasant, too. So the other day, we used a pheasant, or you can use uh, a dove turkey. in general, just, or turkey. Yep. Just take a little section of the breast of that dove or you know basically then you make two poppers per bird you put that little piece of meat inside um, a pepper now we don't always just use jalapenos because you know especially when littles are involved it could be a little spicy for them so we may use those sweet uh, like the red and yellow peppers or just a section of green pepper or like a banana pepper you put you, and then you cut you some sections of sour cream off. You put that piece of sour cream inside that pepper, a little chunk, the one little dove breast. You wrap it up in the best bacon. And then honestly, you just put that on top of the grill, let it sizzle to the, till the pepper is soft, the meat is just tender. Like you gotta be cautious. Um, you don't want to overcook that meat so it gets tough and delicious. Like the other the other day, the kids were fighting over the poppers. That that's a win when your kids when there's four kids fighting over the food. Right there is a win. Absolutely. <laughs> if my kid like was fighting over that, I would be overjoyed. <laughs> Yeah. I don't think the fighting over food ends with kids when it comes to dove poppers. No, no, like I was mad because there wasn't enough left for me. That's one of the reasons I usually uh, staff the grill is so that I can I can get in, in some action before the, the plate ever hits the table or anything like that. Uh, and thank goodness that uh, not all my kids count the pieces before they head out to the grill and compare that <laughs> to when it comes back. 
good this point. Is, good point. This is why I don't have any friends because I, I, there's more for me. I, I don't, uh, <laughs> I don't things like that on friends. Like, uh, I just you have eat. no friends because you don't want to share your food. I didn't say it like that, but that sounds true. Yes, that sounds about right. right. <laughs> That's just one thing. Just one thing. He's got a whole list. So the food is easy, but we kind of skipped the cleaning process. Yeah. Um, I remember when I was cleaning my first harvested doves uh, last September that, you know, at first I looked at this bird, like there's something in there. Like, how do I clean this bird successfully and still get a little bit of piece of meat out of it? Jeff, give us some, your technique on how I could easily clean this dove bird and get the, the breast out. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. And, and to me, dove are just one of the easiest birds in the world to clean. And a uh, real consistent technique I use, I lay them down on their back, I grab the legs, put my thumbs on the breast, pull the legs back and push my thumbs across the breast. And that just, it just peels the skin right off the breast and then go up higher on the breast, both, hand, both thumbs on the breast and peel the skin back. And then I just go down toward the vent of the breast uh, and just pull it straight back up toward the head of the bird and uh, and just pop that breast off and I've got the breast plate off completely with two big chunks of meat on either side of the keel and 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 that's my uh, those are my uh, uh, breast my uh, breast and then of course then if you want to uh, just do jalapeno poppers it's 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 as simple as just taking your little fillet knife and filleting those breasts off the keel on either side. Hershey, you have any other ways? That, is that how you do it? Do you have any suggestions or different methods? I, no, I, I think Jeff nailed it. Uh, um, but I will toss out there that again, hot and sunny is some of my favorite days to be out dove hunting. So as soon as you get a bird, uh, get it in the shade, get it cooling down. That and it doesn't take long for a little dove. Uh, as long as you give it some shade. Some people, you know, have an extra uh, cooler that they might toss it into, but I find shade's okay. The other thing is the feathers on a dove are super duper loose. So <laughs> when you get them home and you're you're getting down to that, uh, to that method, like Jeff says, getting down to that breast, make sure the wind's blowing from your yards towards your neighbor's house. Uh, that way you don't have a pile of, of feathers on your side of the fence. Uh, and, and you can blame it on the other neighbor's cats but uh, uh, it just kind of helps keep things clean. But doves are one of the easiest animals, to my, in my opinion, to uh, clean because Jeff was kind of alluding to it. Uh, our good friend and former coworker, Mike Streeter, uh, there was times he'd clean doves without a knife. I mean, he'd just uh, jump right in and, and have those breasts out really fast. Funny that you, you mentioned the feathers. So, I, the first time I cleaned doves, I was not aware of the being able to blow easily. And so we decided just to get this little trash can out and, and clean the birds right over this trash can. But um, the, the way the wind was blowing was coming out of the south, blowing towards the north. And right behind me was the door wide open to my mother-in-law's back porch. <laughs> And let's just say she's not like a big fan of games. She's not a big fan of this process. And so here's the birds, feathers flying into her back porch. And <laughs> well, yeah, well, I mean, it is what it is. It was fun. Yeah. Kids were having fun, <laughs> but I had a little bit of a mess to clean up afterwards so that I could get some bonus points back with my mother-in-law. I was going to say, I think all you can say is sorry and find a broom really fast. 
I will say there's some neat feathers on the dove and I found uh, when I'm with a group of people, sometimes we'll have a, a long tail feather contest. Now you really sometimes have a hard time telling how old the dove is while it's in flight. In hand, it's a little bit easier. Uh, but those tail feathers, there's one or two really long ones right on the, the back end. It's kind of neat seeing how long those can be. There is a lot of variance uh, in age of dove and when they hatched and, and all that stuff. So uh, we add to it. And sometimes we've kept a few of those feathers because they've got some neat colors of gray on them uh, and white patterns in there. And I'm sure there's some uh, uh, folks that tie flies for fishing that would like those as well. Well, speaking of weather, it, it's supposed to be hot this weekend. And I want to go out dove hunting this weekend, like 100 degrees. I think we looked at the forecast here in Nebraska this coming weekend, 100 degrees on Monday. That's, that's ridiculous. But I think it's the typical Labor Day uh, temperature. But we're looking into the forecast going to be changing. Two questions on this part. And I think we hit on it a little bit. The doves like the heat. Um, I don't. Last year I was wearing a bright colored t-shirt and shorts. Does it matter on really what I'm wearing? It really, it really can depend. If you're in a place where doves really want to be, uh, they'll zip right around something that, that stands out because they want to be there. On the other hand, uh, if that's not a place that they really have to be and something stands out, uh, you know, they can send them packing long before they get to your spot. So as a general rule, yes, it does matter. And the more drab color, camouflage obviously works real well, but the more drab color uh, you can wear, uh, the better off your odds are going to be. It also makes it so that you maybe can sit in places that aren't as hidden as well if you're in, in good camouflage uh, versus having to, you know, hide behind a in the shadow of a tree or what have you. So, uh, yeah, I, I think camouflage does work to your advantage. Maybe more well, the shade of a tree than the, uh, yes. <laughs> that's what we well, look for is the shade. I always weekend. like to sit in the shade of a tree, uh, but I'm shady in general, so that, that's just me. But uh, <laughs> I always like to find shade to sit under because not only does it hide my silhouette better, it uh, darkens my form a little bit, but it, it's nice and cool. Yeah, and I, I echo that. Like you said, Julia, with the hot, hot weather coming this weekend, or uh, a lot of dove hunters do well in those days, dress so that you're, you're comfortable and, and as cool as can be, uh, you know, keeping societal norms in, in mind uh, out there. We don't want to see any naked dove hunters. But um, it's one of those things that exactly right. Uh, you want to hide so that your movement, I mean, that's what doves really pick up on is that movement. And so if you got those bright colors, being a bird, they've got wonderful color vision. They can see that movement just that much quicker. And being a yummy dove, everything eats them from the moment they're laid as an egg to when they hatch to when they start flying around as adults. Everything likes to eat doves. Good to know, good to know. You know, and again, on to, to keep feeding on this weather, Nebraska being central part of this, the United States and Nebraska, and I think our, kind of our surrounding states are the same way. We have that saying that if you don't like today's weather blanket, it'll change tomorrow. And <laughs> what I think it's doing this week. Yeah, and it's supposed to be the same thing, where it's supposed to be, I believe, hot, like Sunday, Monday, and then come Tuesday, we're back down to the 60s. Is yeah. that going to make a difference on this dove hunt? Like, should I get out here this weekend, 
or what do you what do you say does that weather change matter on the pattern of the doves doves are one of those things they migrate especially the morning doves and that's what we're we're usually hunting out there uh, they stage ahead of that migration they you know they got to fuel up they got to get as much food and easy living as they can they don't like much cold or cool at all so you get any north breeze they'll, they'll start moving now the neat thing about doves is they're not a fast migrator I mean, when you start talking about some of our more famous migrating species, such as ducks and geese, you know, boom, they just get up in a huge flock and off they go. Doves are a little bit more casual about it. They slowly move around place to place as they, they move south, south. And some of them don't go any further than they absolutely have to. Some of them will move in town where we have these microclimes. They can get to a bird feeder, open water, whatever, and, and do just fine. But a, a good number of them that we're hunting out in the country, out in our wildlife management areas, uh, on on the ranch or farm, um, they start moving around and any little change in the weather uh, is going to bump them on. Now we've got doves nesting, you know, north of us in the Dakotas and, and parts of Canada. They'll come through. Now they might not stage just like some of these birds around here do early on, uh, but uh, they will pass through. So you'll see doves all the way through October and, and then some, even after, in the case of morning doves, after their season closes. Uh, but I'm one of those that by the time you get much further into the month of September. There's so many other outdoor pursuits that kind of catch the attention, uh, whether that's sitting in a tree stand for deer, whether that's uh, chasing early season ducks or teal even, uh, if that's grouse hunting or what have you. I know uh, folks uh, are also thinking about pronghorn and elk here in the state of Nebraska. So many distractions that I say if you got some time early on in uh, the dove season, uh, get out there. If it's a warm hot day, so much the better. Uh, lighter breezes help because those doves like to use that wind to their advantage and they come streaking past you even faster and are just that much more difficult to hunt uh, at times. But at the same token, it's better to be out there chasing doves when you have the opportunity than sitting at home thinking about chasing doves. That is a lot of information for a new dove hunter that we just covered, but I think that we're probably still missing one important subject. Um, and I know this is difficult when we have people listening from across the country, but since Julia and I are here in Nebraska, Jeff and Aaron, permits-wise, is there anything we need to purchase before we head out this weekend? Oh, absolutely. And of course, dove, dove permits, you know, you're talking your, your basic small game hunting license, your habitat stamp, but, uh, and that's for anybody 16 years of age or older, but uh, all hunters need to remember their hip registration. And that's a pretty important piece of the puzzle here when hunting any migratory game bird. And of course, Hershey alluded to the fact that doves are a migratory bird. And so that hip registration is pretty darn important. You can go to outdoornebraska.org slash hip. And uh, it's real easy to do online. Uh, it takes about 30 seconds. And then you take that hip number that, it, that uh, is generated for each individual hunter, excuse me, and you take that with you. And uh, not only does it provide us with lots of good data as to uh, who's hunting or who hunted last year, it also provides our biologists with really important harvest information that they use uh, quite a bit to set uh, seasons and uh, season dates and so forth for the following year. So very important that hunters get that and it's required. And the HIP is free. And HIP is free. It's not a, uh, a purchase permit. It is a free registration number that you get when you take that HIP uh, harvest information program survey. 
Uh, and of course, you know, it's, it's, it's now's the time that people are starting to think hunter education and any hunter hunting anything with a firearm in the state of Nebraska, who's age 12 through 29, uh, needs to complete hunter education. Now, the cool thing is here in Nebraska right now, uh, anybody can go online to huntsafenebraska.org and complete their hunter education online, uh, which makes it really, really convenient for a lot of people. Although we are now starting to host our hunt safe sessions and hunter ed classes, in-person classes as well. So those can all be found online at huntsafenebraska.org. Our audience that listens to this podcast is nationally and that the same goes for about every state in the, in the um, United States as far as your HIP, your permits, check your local um, conservation state agency as far as your needs for going dove hunting or any hunting that you are looking to do this fall. So Jeff and Aaron, thank you for joining us outdoors today. Like Michaela said, we, we shot out a lot of fun information. Dove hunting is a blast. I had the opportunity to do it last year. Looking forward to doing it again this coming weekend when it's supposed to be hot. Um, but I might still be wearing the shorts and camouflage tank top or something just because I'm not, I might melt out there. But, you know, we, we enjoy your uh, expertise um, and all, everything that you brought forward to us today. Well, thanks for having us on the, the podcast. And we hope that uh, we've inspired some folks to get outdoors and try dove hunting. Join us on Facebook as She Goes Outdoors. Talk with us and others about dove hunting. We are also on Instagram. We also now have a website at sgooutdoors.com. Again, that's sgooutdoors.com or hashtag she goes outdoors. Thank you for joining us and we will see you outdoors. Bye all.